Hello, everyone, and welcome to Romance at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget, and today I have a very special co-host who is the creator and host of Sex Ed with DB and has a Master's of Public Health from Columbia, so you guys know she's a big deal. Her name is Danielle Bezalel. Thank you for being here. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. You guys, this is one of the fun stories of just like having family in different parts of the world. My little sister was like, oh, my God, I ran into this girl at this party. She's super cool. I think you should have her on your podcast. She has a podcast. She <laughs> talks about all this cool stuff and I was like great give me her email and now you're here how exciting what a fun connection yeah your sister's very cool by the way we made like a very instant connection and I no longer live in New York I now live in California uh but oh, yeah the next time that I'm there yeah I should definitely hang out with her she seems very cool where are you in California? I just moved last year from LA to Chicago. Oh, I live in Oakland right now. I like the Bay Area. Uh, my sister used to live in the Bay Area. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, we all moved to these cities, you know? Yes. Um, well, tell us a little bit about what your podcast is about. Uh, sex Ed with DB is a feminist podcast bringing you all the sex ed you never got through unique and entertaining storytelling centering LGBTQ and BIPOC experts. So really what that looks like is we have guests on uh, every episode who are experts in their field, whether that be doctors or people with those lived experiences, um, psychologists, sex workers, writers, all of the above, all kinds of different people in different professions. And we talk all about different sex ed topics. So some examples of that are birth control, periods, abortion, BDSM, polyamory, ethical non-monogamy, healthy relationships and communication, pleasure, masturbation, pain during sex, desire, uh, you know, really runs the gamut. Um, We actually recently had on our first romance writer named Helen Huang, uh, writer of the Kiss Quotient. Yes, Kiss Quotient is the best. Yeah, so uh, that was really cool. We also recently had on the co-founders of Dipsy, which is uh, an erotic audio stories app, very popular. And so we are making our way downtown, so to speak, into the romance field. It is a very popular genre. So I think it's there's a lot to explore. Yes. And you were just telling me offline that this is your first romance novel. This is, I mean, yeah, it really is. I mean, I think You know, I'm a big fan of Sally Rooney, and I don't know if I would necessarily, you know, I wouldn't categorize her books as romance novels, but I do think that there are some erotic elements in those books. And so I love Mm -hmm. her writing, like absolutely love the stories and the characters and am very into the sexy scenes. So I could totally see why a lot of folks love romance, but no, this is my first romance book ever. Well, we read Happenstance with uh, Tessa Bailey, and I think it's going to be a fun one because, you know, like you mentioned in your elevator pitch, like, it has a lot going on. It is super rom-commy. She did, if you guys don't follow her on TikTok, come up with a story on TikTok and then write it because it just sort of latched on and indie published it. So I will say it's not as polished as her normal sort of traditionally published books, but it was a fun sort of romp. It's funny because it's also her first reverse harem, and I was interested to see how she would deal with that because in her other books in case you don't know tessa bailey was once called by ew the michelangelo of dirty talk i mean <laughs> she can dirty talk the pants off of you in a book and i was interested to see how that balance would come through with multiple partners um so we'll talk a little bit about that too i'm excited this is fun because i think you might be our first guest who is not sort of adjacent to the romance field like either like you said as a writer as a fellow reader or reviewer um or you know someone who is just like obsessed with romance like we are so it's exciting to have you on 
I guess one question to be clear, I have read Twilight and have read 50 shades. Are those considered romance? No. So Twilight is a young adult fantasy. So romance novels have to have a happily ever after at the end of the book to be considered a romance novel. Um, So I would say 50 shades is like an erotic series. So it does have a happily ever after, but not until after book three, because they still like have their ups and downs in books two and three. But it for sure is erotica. It's like in the romance. I will say like it is shelved with romances for the most part. And it is in like the sphere. That zone. Um, It is. Yes. But I would say it's more of like an erotica um, series. Do you read like a book a day? Like how how many books do you read like per month? Uh, I, I mean, it depends sometimes. Like I went through a reading slump last month where I maybe only finished like four books in a month, which for me is like outrageously low, but I'll also go through months where I'll read like, I don't know, maybe five to 10. Well, let me think, let me think in a month you said. So like eight would be a pretty average month for me pretty pretty not too hard to do i would say could go up anywhere into the 20s that's very high but i will say that if it's in the 20s um it's because i'm ignoring my children and also (laughs) because usually that means that some of those books are shorter like i'm not reading 700 it's two you know 2700 page books um for the most part romance novels tend to be in the like 300 page i would say on average range and then the novellas tend to be in more like you know 150 to 200 so like sometimes that'll be like oh i crushed a series or five books but they were all only 200 pages so it's not you know not quite as time intensive as if you're reading you know five 400 page books sure um but i do read a lot and people ask me that all the time like how do you read so much <laughs> and it's just like anything like people who scroll tiktok while they brush their teeth like i read or people who like are you know waiting for their kids to be done with preschool in their car and they're on instagram like i have my kindle so like it, it's all just kind of or like my kids are watching some whatever Disney movie that I don't want to watch because they're three and five and I've seen it already five times, then I just sit on the couch with them and read my book. So it, it's just kind of like whatever media is the one that you consume. We all consume like a lot. Like some people have watched every TV show in the world or listened to every song in the world and books just happen to be my like go-to. Oh, I have one moment to avert my eyes to something. It's good gonna be a book for sure cool okay cool i'm excited to to hear more about that and and talk more about that from my perspective too awesome okay well let's get this episode popping you guys and see what we got romance at a glance Uh romance at a glance romance at a glance go ahead girl if you were to I mean, I feel like I didn't know that you had never read romance and I don't think I would have chosen a reverse harem for you just because it's not as centrally located in terms of the feels of a romance or even the erotica because it's split between multiple partners. I mean, I think the nice thing is that you get to see someone having sex in different ways with different partners, which I think is very real to real life. Um, and you get to see them exploring different sides of their sensuality and sexuality with different partners, which I think is great, but you don't get that like real, like deep, squee, like heart wrenching, angsty, if it's that type of book, Mm. um, where it's like one couple. 
Fair. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, the reason why I chose this book is because I was in a band called Happenstance. <laughs> nice. And I was like, it's a sign. It's Happenstance, if you will. So I got to choose it. Um, but that is why I chose it. But, but no, I mean, I thought, yeah, I mean, for my first romance novel, I don't know. And maybe we could talk about this, like how people aren't horned up all the time. While we are. Are. Like, like very quick reaction for me of like oh i'm yeah. up mood now like from one reading one paragraph yeah. like it works wonders yeah. yes i mean yes it has especially like if you have a, a writer who's really good at writing the the dirty talk and the dirty scenes and the erotica like it, it can happen so fast. It's like one phrase, one push up against the wall, one, you know, description of what they want to do to the person. Um, dear listeners, as you know, I'm a sucker for the dirty talk. And I just think like this book in particular was a little fun for me because you get like three versions of dirty talk, which usually you only get one because it's one partner. And so it was kind of fun to see how each person was like trying to get her in the mood. And also you get to see like, okay, well, like that guy seems nice, but that is not obviously what turns me on on the page. Like that one's the one who I would let say, you know, and do naughty things to me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about like the one phrase or like one scene and just, I, I also, yeah, I liked how different the characters were. I definitely like assigned them like uh, an actor that I'm sure it's very common, like an actor that I know in my head. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm sure for like women who feel like they are like the central character, they just envision themselves as like the women. Mm-hmm. Is that like a common thing? Um, sometimes, I mean, I, I don't usually envision myself. I'm like, I'm like a, I'm like an observer of their story in their love story. Um, because most books are written from third person, not first person. So there are some first persons where you kind of get lost in it and you're like, Whoa, do I feel these things? Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's like, I feel like I know them or like I'm part of the relationship with them. It's one of the reasons why I really like open door romances because so much vulnerability and, and bonding happens during like right before sex, during sex acts and after sex acts that really show you whether that person's right for you, whether you're right for them, like how they show you, like whether they take care of you after in the way that you need, whether they, push the buttons the way that you need them pushed. And so for me, sometimes like I can get so into a rom-com that's like closed door, but um, it'll hit me in like the heart feels, but I do miss out on that. Like, I want to know what they say. I want to know who pushes who I want to know, like, are you sassy in bed? Are you provoking them into like, Oh, they're going to spank you. Oh, are you going to say like, Oh, maybe I don't want that. Or are you going to like brat at them to get them to spank you? Cause that's what you want. So I want to like be in there with them. Um, but I don't know that most, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that most readers, um, and you guys can tell me on Instagram if I'm wrong, but I don't know if most readers think of themselves as being the heroine or hero, depending on who they are, or whether they are imagining that person being their boyfriend or right. girlfriend, you know? Right. So you're like, ooh, that, that book boyfriend, yes, I would want to take him for myself away from this this other character in the story. Yeah, what's really interesting about that is like part and I, I again, like I'm a beginner when it comes to romance novel reading, but like part of it does feel like, you know, obviously like the writers like not pandering, but like knows her audience very well. So like sure. makes like 
to me, what seem like kind of unrealistic acts or statements from like cis straight men that I'm like, that almost takes me out of it. I'm like, that would never fucking happen. Like whatever in my experience of like, you know, dating or just like see, you know, kind of things that we see in movies or like cultural messages Mm -hmm. or things of that nature. It is, uh, easy for me to kind of like get out of the story when it feels a little bit too unrealistic. I think for sure. I mean, in this case, like this one was pure fantasy. You guys, I haven't even given you the synopsis, but basically um, she is working as the sandwich girl at a reporting (laughs) uh, publishing house, but wants to be a reporter. And so she's trying to like basically find a story as opposed to going up through the ranks, going to journalism school, doing the things you're supposed to. She's trying to cut the line. So she goes out into the middle. um, And I don't know if you've ever been there. I've never been there. I haven't. of um roosevelt island roosevelt island uh, in new york and takes this tram there and while she's there she's taking the tram home and the tram has a power outage and she's stuck on there with three very different men um so i will say like one thing there's different like romances some are like a real slow build-up like they meet but then like nothing happens for a while they become friends maybe or maybe they're enemies or maybe you know, they're friends of friends and they're trying to, you know, so like it could be a lot of chapters before anything steamy happens and they really get to know each other. And it's like a real slow situation. And then you have books like this where it's just like off the bat, like they're in the thing and it breaks down and it's like, what are you going to do? There's three hot dudes. They're all different. They all want to fuck you. Obviously you're going to let them make out with you and touch your tits. Like that's just what's going to happen. Yeah. Obviously. Cause it's not real life. Right. And that's like one thing I like about it is like, there's so much, unsafety as a woman in the world in real life dating like in real life that is a very fucking nightmare situation yes you're trapped with three men who it doesn't matter how big they are but in this case one is a humongous like construction worker foreman one is a humongous former rugby player who's still in shape because he coaches and then one is this like chiseled beautiful porn star former porn star and so like they're all clearly huge could do whatever they want with you. Like you're, that's it. Like you have really no safety in that situation. But the lovely thing about romance novels is you do because it's a romance novel. And so you know that life is going to be good. And so you know that these people don't mean her harm. You can just enjoy it because I can imagine that scenario where I get into an elevator or something like that. And I see someone who's like incredibly handsome and I would love for to know in my heart and in my mind that I could go up to him and just like lick him and it would all be okay because, but like in real life, you, you, that's dangerous. And so that's part of the, the lovely thing is you get to explore all these scenarios and kinks and different things in your mind in the safety of your own home with your tea on your couch with your dog and not have to worry about like the, the reality of real life, you know, scary situations. For sure. Yeah. And it definitely is an outlet for people to like really explore, as you said, like their fantasies and like a really healthy way for them to get in touch with like what feels good for them or what excites them or turns them on. And I think it's like for me as a sex educator, you know, like wanting to ground people and like, here are the facts and here's the science and here's the data. And like, you know, I'm of two minds about it of like, we need the fantasy. We need the porn. We need the explanation about the difference between fantasy and real life sex and why both are like equally important. 
Absolutely. We talk all the time on the podcast. We did a whole season of dark romance. So people are getting kidnapped and oh, murdering boy. people and all kinds of stuff. And we're going, we kept pausing and being like, this is a red flag in real life. If yeah. this happens, you run away. Correct. You never look back. Don't contact them, block their number, move across the country. That's it for you. Yes. However, in this book, I'm into it. <laughs> so like, exactly. We say that all the time. We're like, if they keep doing this to you in real life, like, no, that's a red flag. This person's a piece of crap. In this book, however, he will grovel and we will accept the grovel. Yeah. You know, I think it's important too. One funny thing that we discovered is uh, my co-host Shawnee was raised in a very religious uh, childhood household. So like they weren't allowed to read romance, even though she did and would like hide books from her mom. They didn't get any sex education. So like, except for like abstinence, don't do it, stay with right. boys, you know, all that stuff. Um, whereas I grew up in a very sex positive home. My mom was like a school nurse. Um, she told us like, if you're having sex, I will buy the condoms because I don't want you to have, you know, diseases or pregnancies. Like if you have a serious boyfriend you're having sex with, we can go and look into like the pill or something Great. again so that you can be safe. She explained, you know, we explained what sex was. We grew up in a very like um, sort of liberal community. So we had like, I wouldn't say it was like perfect. Obviously it could have been better. I'm sure. But like I knew what sex was. I understood what sex was. I understood the different types of acts, the different types of sex that you can have. And also my mom read romance. And so we read romance as a family, like me, my, her and my sister would read and pass each other books and be like, Oh my God, this relationship was so cute. Um, or like, Oh, this one, they were like an action romance and it was a Navy SEAL and he saved her from danger. And it was like so exhilarating or whatever. Um, and it was great because like, I never, I mean, I'm married, so I guess I don't need to knock on wood that much, but like, I've never had a relationship where I was like gaslit or in a sexual situation I was uncomfortable with. Cause I was very in touch with like, Oh no, that's not for me. No, thanks. Goodbye. And then I would bounce. Sure. And like, obviously I've been very lucky to not be in a situation where the person didn't take that no for an answer. Right. But in terms of my own relationships, like I've never been with someone who like gaslit me or any of that stuff. Cause I would like date them twice and be like, mm, you seem sketchy and not like someone who's going to buy me all the roses that I want every day of the week. And someone who's going to like fly across the country to help me on my presentation day. Like I know I deserve or a Navy SEAL who will save me from danger. So, <laughs> or, or a vampire who will come and just feed off of me in ecstasy. And you know what I mean? So like, I was like very, I was like willing to wait in a weird way because none of it was like mysterious and it was some of it, I was like, whoa, this seems too, like, all that seems like too much. I'll just read about it for now. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm ready for any of that. Whereas Shawnee, because she didn't know anything, then the hormones start raging and you start doing shit in secret. And everything kind of maybe doesn't feel right, but you don't know. You don't have anyone to talk to about. So we, we've ended up on the podcast actually talking a lot about, like, sex education and things we wished that we had had as children and teenagers in our lives to kind of like help us explore like kinks even. Cause like my mom was very sex positive, but she wasn't like someday someone might spank you and you might like it. Like we weren't talking about that stuff. Um, and in fact, we read a book that had some, I would say one that had very heavy as a fantasy novel with a very heavy uh, BDSM. And then the other one, which had like very light BDSM. And she was like, kind of like I, I don't understand because she's very not kinky I don't understand why anyone would like that and we were like yeah mom but it's super hot like 
don't I don't think I personally want someone to beat me with a cane. However, sure. I will happily read about it all afternoon. I mean, that's what's cool about it is like you don't it's like you can dip your toe in it and like really be yep. like, oh, is that for me? Then if it is like, let me read more stuff about it or more intense stuff about it. Or if it makes you feel uncomfortable, then like, you know, not to really engage with like BDSM or like whatever kinds of things that you're mm-hmm. reading that make you feel not good. And sometimes it's like a very subtle distinction. Like I just read this series and like one of, they're all like standalone HEAs, but connected in sort of the world. And one of the books, they called them, sir. And I was like, Ooh, sir, not for me. And one of them, they call, he's like, call him master. And I was like, mm, definitely no, not. Thank you. Another one. And then another one at the end, she was like, Oh, daddy. And I was like, Ooh, on the page. I'm so into it in real life. I have a three and five year old. And I remember when we became parents, you like talk about yourself in the third person in a way that like is kind of a weird thing to get out of now that they're older. I still have a h- trouble not saying like, Hey daddy, do you want a snack? As opposed to like, hello husband. <laughs> hello. You have a name. Um, but anyways, I remember one day, one day I looked over and I was like, so daddy. And I was like, <laughs> and then he was like, He's like, I don't know what you're doing, but I don't think it's working. You <laughs> tried. It's not really working for me. I just wanted to try it real quick. You tried. Just, just reading it though, I'm I'm all about it. But yeah, in real, that doesn't like that's the fun thing too for me is like the shit that I like to read or get turned on by so fast. In real life, if it happens, sometimes I'm like same and sometimes i'm like whoa 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 that's actually not at all what i'm into that makes sense though i mean fantasy like fantasies of ours are very expansive and they Mm -hmm. often don't map like the reality of what we want in sexual situations or relationships but i think it's because there is that safety net of like there's no worry if you read about something and you are into it. Like, even if you don't want anyone else to know about that, like you don't have to tell anybody. Yeah. I think the funny thing is like, I've always been very proud. Like I would be on the train with my cover. You know, they all used to have like very sexual. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Abs on the front, just people in chokeholds and stuff. And I'd be happily just paging through it. Vampires with blood dripping. down. I'd be like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, that is what I'm reading. It's really good. You should check it out. And like Shawnee would like make her own paper covers like with, (laughs) with brown paper bags to cover all her books. Very seventh grade science. Jane Austen. Yeah. Or something. (laughs) Um, And I think the fun thing now is like, with the internet there's so many more options like authors will do discrete covers so they'll have the cover with you know the abs or whatever but then they'll also have a cover that's more like graphic or cartoony or whatever so like for those readers who don't want people to necessarily know what's going on um I always laugh because like the the cover of this one is illustrated and for me it's like happy peppy rom-com and then she's just getting like absolutely destroyed in a hotel room just banged by all three guys (laughs) at the same time it's like it's not 27 dresses it's like no like the hottest foursome as as you can describe Dear Romance Besties, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance to check out our awesome perks, including stickers, watching movies with us, naughty book boxes, and you can even be on the show. Can't be a patron? You can still support the show by purchasing books or things we recommend through our affiliate links on our show notes and our dope ass website. Thanks for the commish. Or you can leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. 
screenshot your review, send it to us on Instagram, and we'll send you some stickers. You should know which books were like bodice rippers. So they were going to be like raunchier, like a Highland dude was going to kidnap an English lady or something. Oh and then he was going to just, they called them bodice rippers because they based, it was like basically like non-con. Um, but then they fell in love later. So there was like a lot of really missed messages for people who were reading romance then. Whereas now I feel like romance has a lot more consent baked into it. The newer ones anyways. Unless, I will caveat, it is dark romance on purpose. But then you know, because the trigger warnings are like a million different things. So you're like, please don't read this book. Right. Um, but I do like that, you know, when I was reading also like a lot different pairings and stuff, some reverse harems have uh, the characters aren't only with the central MC uh, female character. They're also dating each other in different ways. Um and that stuff like would never have happened 15 years ago because it wouldn't have been published traditionally. Um, so I think also like the internet has just really exploded the ability to read a lot of different characters, different stories, um, you know, a lot of the LGBTQ people, like just different colors, genders, just everything, which I think for me as a reader has been nice because uh, A, you don't read the same story over and over. And also you get to explore something um, and hopefully the author does it with grace and with research and you get to explore something that you might not never have known about, you know, like, I, d I don't know how much prep goes into anal sex, but I'm about to read this real steamy scene where they're going to talk about how it's 15 minutes later and they still haven't started having sex. And that's cool. Cause like, right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, it feels the same as like the show sex education, right. Where it's like, there's a lot of like steamy fun, like sex hookups in it, but like, it, it, there's a lot of writing that's very intentional around like, let me explain to you what asexual means. And like, let me go over like why it's important that if you have pain during sex, we talk about vaginismus and like, what could be behind that? There's like a lot of teaching mm -hmm. moments. And I feel very similarly, like in this book where, you know, there was a line, like protect yourself for her, <laughs> like put a condom on basically. Mm -hmm. um, and there are ways that, are subtle, but very intentional. Like you were saying around consent or around like, okay, like only if you want him to, or can I do this? Can I touch you? Like, I think those pieces are playing to a, a women and like queer audience of people who like actually do want their sex to mimic those particular parts of it. Absolutely. And I think, like you said, it can happen in such subtle ways, like protect yourself. Bam. I know that's a condom. I don't need you to spell it out for me. And I do think people are actually learning because I learned stuff from movies and TV and Absolutely. it was not great in the eighties and nineties to be learning things always from TV and early thousands. Cause a lot of it was like very stereotypical and very like over the top sexy girl or over the top boy who always wants to have sex all the time and the girl's the one who's always turning him away or shaming him for wanting that um and in my experience and my friends like i would say like m more often than not it's the woman who wants to have sex more than the man um in my and my friends relationships so like that really like kind of does like a little mind fuck for you when you grow up and you're like wait i don't want to say no <laughs> i want Let's no. go. That's, Let's that's go. interesting. I feel like in my friend group, I mean, obviously this is anecdotal and I have a very particular experience sure. of, of like growing of up course. in the in the 90s and early 2000s on Long Island, New York, like very particular group of people. 
there. Um, but yeah, I would say it was pretty stereotypical in the sense that like we, we were kind of culturally prepped for this idea that like boys are going to be like the ones pushing for sex and you're going to have to be the one who's like on birth control and you have to be really conscientious of like pushing to use a condom. And I do feel like that responsibility fell on me as like a young woman and Mm -hmm. it feels like it's that's shifting in some communities. Like I think in Mm -hmm. more liberal ones, for sure, like in, in more like right leaning spaces where they are teaching abstinence only still. And, you know, there's anti-transness more like horrific than it ever has been now. Like it's, it's just becoming so clear that like, you're either very lucky in like the way in which you grow up and your family, your school, your surroundings, or like, you're just really inundated with like negative sex, negative messaging and like sexism and misogyny. And that is unavoidable in like certain situations depending on where you're at which is sad yeah it is I want to ask you about like the way that you approach like sort of the the topics and the guests on your show like how are you like finding these topics are you reaching out to people that you really like different creators that you're or you're sort of like leaders in their fields that you're like ooh, I think you have a really interesting perspective on xyz Yeah, it's kind of like a both end of like us getting inbound requests of people who want to be on the show. And some of them are, you know, not the right fit, but a lot of them are in terms of them being, you know, like scientists or like somebody who's done research on a particular thing that we're really interested in. And then half of it, I would say, is us reaching out to people based on a few things. One is definitely current events. Like, obviously, with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, we've had a ton of content on abortion, a lot of content on okay, what does the law say currently? Like, where can you access this? What about abortion medication? Like, what about information on abortion on screen? Like, how is the depiction of that, like, true to people's or not true to people's experiences? And then some of it is just kind of like, who who am I interested in having on? Like, what perspectives are we maybe missing? I think it's like, definitely true to our core that we want to feature a majority of people who identify as LGBTQ plus and or BIPOC. And so that's first and foremost, like a big decision factor of ensuring that like our show is diverse, comes from diverse experiences, diverse backgrounds. Um, and lastly, I'll just mention my mom is an OBGYN, so she's on every season. Um, and I get a lot of really good information from her around, you know, pain during sex and how, you know, she in her office has this laser machine called the Mona Lisa. And it like, essentially there's science that show that like this laser like is inserted in a couple of treatments and goes into the vagina and like rejuvenates the tissue for like older people or people who are in menopause and like essentially helps their like sex lives. Um, and other like just function wise, and so, you know, learned about that from her this season. We just had her on her episodes coming out in a couple of weeks, all about just FAQs for an OBGYN. Like people wrote in of like, okay, like how after like a perineum tear, is it like normal to still feel pain and just things just around, you know, having babies or going through menopause or hormones or birth control. Um, so yeah, really like is diverse and is, is definitely, I would say influenced by like what's going on today that we want to really make sure we hit on. That's amazing. How did you start the podcast or what like brought on the, 
the origin of it? I graduated from college in 2014. I went to UC Berkeley. Um, and the year after I graduated from college, I taught English in Israel for a year. Um, I have some family in Israel, so I like wanted to go there and like learn Hebrew and kind of like, you know, live abroad for a year and teach English. And while we were there, my teaching cohort was on a really uh, interesting day trip to a very religious community in Jerusalem uh, called the Community of the Bells. And we went there for a day and there was a main rabbi who was kind of like showing us around and teaching us about his traditions. And this is like a very particular sect of like Orthodox Judaism and a majority of the people on the trip um, weren't religious, but all of us were Jewish. But this rabbi kind of like in the middle of his spiel about everything, we're in this like grand temple. He's kind of like, yeah, you know, I have five daughters. And when each of them reach the age of 17 or 18, they're married off by the matchmaker and they don't learn about sex until their wedding night when they have it for the first time. And we pray that they get pregnant on that night. And I was like, holy <laughs> fucking yikes. Um, no, sir. That's very offensive and uh, not good at all. And I was like, whatever, 21 at the time, mind you, like these women like have no access to like self, to, like modern day cell phones and like to the internet and like to books that would allow them to learn about these things. And they're literal teenagers who are just having their choices made for them, or they can leave their communities forever and just be shunned by them. It's like one or the other. And so I was really offended by this. And in my like 21 year old, like quaking body kind of like raised my hand and was like, what about what they want? And what about like, if they're not ready to be mothers and what about their consent and whatever, I just like said a bunch of shit. And he just kind of like waved me off and was like, that's not how it goes. Like, this is how it goes here. And I was like, no, it won't. <laughs> and <laughs> knew in that moment that like, I always loved education. I always loved creating content. I was a film major and an education minor. I loved storytelling and like, being able, I thought I wanted to maybe go into like documentary and then podcasting like kind of became a thing. And like kind of that experience in Israel tied with Trump being elected in 2016, like really moved my ass to like really push myself to uh, make some sort of change in like whatever small corner of the world that I could. And so it became kind of a side hobby and I kind of started doing it part time um, for the first four years. And then for the past year, I've actually been doing it full time. Um, so it's been amazing. Yeah. Really cool. And like fun way to like learn how to like run my own business and also like get the sex ed out there and just meet a lot of really amazing people along the way and have sponsors who are like sex toy companies and lube companies and yeah. just like <laughs> these things that are actually helping people like feel really good about their sexuality and like give them pleasure and joy. Yeah, that's amazing. Also, I I w would be remiss in saying that he also probably wasn't marrying them to other 17-year-olds or other 18-year-olds. They might have been a little older than that. Who knows? Which is even creepier. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely like, uh, so if you read historical romance, a lot of historical romance novels will have virgin heroines because it makes sense for the time. And some of them are like kind of thrown to the wolves by their moms or by the females in their group. Like, don't know what's going on. I'm so <laughs> innocent. Yeah. I mean, it's the same kind of thing in Bridgerton, right? That was like one of the most watched series ever. And there were so many scenes and moments around the fact that he's just like 
going to keep pulling out and like she has no idea what he's doing and you're like i'm sorry what are we not going to talk about this like this is an incredibly important piece of information she like has no idea how babies are made like how many people are watching this show and are not getting that explanation and like not are missing the memo right like it's a really critical piece of like being able to explain that yeah, and they explain it later in the show, but it's definitely like episode six or seven or something like that. Yeah. I, um, speaking of Richardson, was so disappointed in season two. I don't know if you watched season terrible. two. But what the hell? There was like zero sex. It was like, they were so like, breathe, like the breathing. That's Too my much. They're breathing in each other's space. And I'm like, now it's time to have sex. They like really changed the plot of that book in unnecessary ways. Um, yeah. And made this whole love triangle thing, which didn't make sense at all. Because also, like, we're in a white shoes era. So when I was, like, coming up reading, everything was a love triangle. It was like, you have to choose the dark bad boy or the good boy. You have to choose, you know, like, you can't have them both. You Jacob have to choose. Or- and- whatever the fuck his name is edward edward yeah there's gonna be mortal enemies forever they'll never speak to you again if you don't choose them sort of things um and i love that now even circling back i'm gonna circle it back you guys to this book it's like why choose no i would like to have the porn star and the construction worker thank you i will have you both and if you Mm -hmm. either of you want me you're gonna have to figure it out you're gonna have to work as a team you're gonna have to talk it out yeah and, uh, and that's just how it's going to It's be. like she's the ultimate queen, which is like, which yeah. is kind of fun to read of just like watching men kind of like fight over this woman and be like, I've never felt this way before in my entire life. Yeah. You're like, what, <laughs> what is, does she have powers? Like, what is going on here? Yeah. But I feel like, you know, there's always times where you're like, there's two people who are kind of flirting with you and it's like in your past. And it's like, wouldn't that be lovely if you could have been like, look, you're great. You're great we can all be great together. (laughs) Yeah. We can work together. (laughs) It can be wonderful. There is kind of this like new found feeling, at least like in my circles for sure. And I don't know if it's just like my age. I just turned 30 on Tuesday, actually. Congratulations. Um, Thank you very much. Um, So I'm in a new decade here where like my friends in particular are kind of more open to the idea of like open relationships and polyamory. And it like very much is becoming more of a conversation with like science and data behind it. Like, right. Like people who are relationship researchers and data experts know that one person cannot fulfill all of your needs, nor should they. And that's why people have Mm -hmm. friends and they have family (laughs) and they have, you know, Mm -hmm. this, this concept of like, there are different people to fill your pie. And I think like in a romantic sense, more, more and more people or in a sexual sense are getting hip, so to speak to this idea that like this concept of monogamy is very obviously ancient and like very old. And like for many people, that's just all they know. And it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. right to do anything different or they don't want to, but I do think it's interesting how there is kind of this like renaissance of like opening relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And like the, the communication, because one thing that my, my co-host is actually polyamorous. And one thing she talks about is that you end up having to communicate more and be more open and honest with your partner when there's another partner than you would, if it was just the two of you. 
Cause there's no, like, you can't hide anything. You have to be upfront. Otherwise everything gets like, there's too much jealousy, too much shadiness. So you have to be very like, I'm going on a date with this person on Thursday. I'm going to have sex with them. Right. Sex equals X, Y, Z in our partnership. Like, are you okay with that? Let's talk about it. Yes. Um, and like, and I think it's like, it's been fun watching her sort of vicariously go through her journey, you know, into that in the last, I don't know, four years or so. Um, and she talked about that, how it's like, you know, they both are different things for me and right. it's different. And I was like, good. And she always jokes with me. She's like, in 10 years, Bridget, you're going to be polyamorous. <laughs> I was like, we're going like, to talk to my husband about that one. But. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is kind of this, like, I, I, I feel very happy for people who are able to do it, but I do think there's a misconception, like that it's not that it's like this easy, big, free flowing family. Like there's so much work and like planning that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's harder. Because it's easy when it's like, you know, it's, it's easier when it's just you and one other person to like negotiate for things. But if you had to take into account three other people's feelings into like, Oh, we just moved across the country. If we were polyamorous, that would have been like a huger, like community conversation rather than the two of us just be like, you know what? pandemic let's get the fuck out of LA like we're over it totally Um, yeah yeah yeah. crazy times fun times exciting times and also like I think what you're doing you know one of the things we wanted to do in this podcast is make people laugh and have fun which I think that we have succeeded in uh read a lot of books which I think we've succeeded in talk to authors that like we otherwise would never have access to to get to chat with for an hour and just like pick their brains and sort of gush all over them. Uh, And also just, you know, like talk about all these things and relationships and like stories that like, Oh my God, that happened. Let me tell you about when I was in Costa Rica. And (laughs) well, you know, cause it always like brings up interesting stuff that, you know, makes me think in my real life and hopefully uh, makes our listeners, you know, just like chuckle and laugh and think about, uh, in their own lives. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to anytime, anytime to chat about this, you know, this, this will not be my, uh, last romance novel, despite it being my, thank you for introducing me to the genre. It's very fun. And as I said, like very clear why this is like the number one genre, very (laughs) very fun. Um, but yeah, really appreciate it well dear listeners until next time may your books be your lover and your hand your best friend bye for now kids (laughs) thanks for hanging in with us romance readers head over to instagram to continue chatting with us we're super friendly we want to cackle with you we want to know what your favorite sex scene was and we need more book recommendations if you want to read along with us go to our website romanceataglance.com to see what we're reading next and we'll see you next podcast